Welcome to the First Church Orlando podcast. Here you will find recordings of weekly sermons, devotions, interviews, and seminar recordings from the First United Methodist Church of Orlando. For more information about First Church Orlando, please visit our website at firstchurchorlando.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Now, enjoy the podcast. Our scripture today comes from the Old Testament book of Lamentations. Uh, Lamentations was written by the prophet Jeremiah who lived during a particular dark time. He was a resident of Jerusalem during the Babylonian siege and then ultimately the destruction of the city of Jerusalem, the walls, the palaces, and most importantly, the temple. He witnessed this firsthand, uh, experienced enemies both within the walls of Jerusalem who rejected his prophecy and also the enemies who were coming from the other side of the wall. Uh, Jeremiah is often called the weeping prophet, uh, which should be evident in the passage I'm about to read. Lamentations 3, beginning with 1, verse 1. I am one who has seen affliction under the rod of God's wrath. He has driven and brought me into darkness without any light. Against me alone he turns his hand again and again all day long. He's made my flesh and my skin waste away and broken my bones. He has besieged and enveloped me with bitterness and tribulation. He's made me sit in darkness like the dead of long ago. It's just a nice light passage for a pretty Sunday morning. He has walled me about so that I cannot escape. He's put heavy chains on me, though I call and cry for help. He shuts out my prayer. He's blocked my ways with hewn stones. He's made my paths crooked. He is a bear. He's talking about God. He is a bear lying in wait for me, a lion in hiding. He led me off my way and tore me to pieces. He's made me desolate. He bent his bow and set me as a mark for his arrow. He shot into my vitals the arrows of his quiver. I have become the laughingstock of all my people, the object of their taunt songs all day long. He has filled me with bitterness. He has sated me with wormwood. He has made my teeth grind on gravel and made me cower in ashes. My soul is bereft of peace. I have forgotten what happiness is. So I say, gone is my glory and all that I had hoped for from the Lord. The thought of my affliction and my homelessness is wormwood and gall. My soul continually thinks of it and is bowed down within me. But, anytime the word but appears in a sentence, it just erases everything before it. But, this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. This is the word of God for the people of God. 
And now, Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each heart be acceptable and pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. By now, you figured out that I, I often preach in series, often five, six, seven series, sermons in a row in a series. When I do that, I, I start with sort of a big idea, a big theme, maybe a title. Uh, but then I have to figure out, like, what am I going to preach on all the individual Sundays? And so my usual method is I sit down with a, a, a notepad, a, a legal pad, a piece of a pen or a pencil, a Bible, and I just start brainstorming ideas. And even though I only need five or six or seven sermon ideas, I usually fill the whole page. Way more than I could ever include in a single series. And so then you have to do the work of kind of figuring out what's what. And so I'll pick out the ones that seem most interesting. I pick out the ones that I think are most applicable. I start dropping the ones that are less exciting. Maybe a couple of them could be merged together. Maybe sometimes I'm also working on another series. And I'll think, well, that could go in that series. I'll just push it to another list. And then inevitably some just get dropped and maybe remembered some other time and maybe not. Well, our last series that we had was the stewardship series, five weeks, we are called, we are called. And and each week we added the word to, we are called to different ways of living out our stewardship and our discipleship. Each week was a challenge. We are called to service, we are called to generosity, et cetera, et cetera. Well, this time, this series, the Stewardship Committee actually was helping me kind of pick those sermons. And one of the ideas that you have not yet heard was that we're not only called to, but that sometimes we're called through. Sometimes we're called to higher things. Sometimes we're called through difficulties and challenges, as in, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadows. Sometimes we're called through. And so today is not a continuation of the stewardship series, though if you need one more stewardship sermon to turn in your pledge card, this can count. But rather, it's just a sermon I couldn't let go of. And so, yes, it's we are called, but today we are called through. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. That all sounds pretty good. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Great. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, oops, I fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Even though I walk through the darkest valley. Or some versions say, when I walk through valleys of darkness. I appreciate the 23rd Psalm's honesty. We will walk through dark valleys, even though I walk through a dark valley. When I walk through a dark valley, there's no if. It's not if I happen to stumble in a dark valley. If I, if I just happen to take the wrong turn or my enemy actually like dropped me off in a dark valley, otherwise I would have avoided that scene. 
It just states it as a matter of fact, doesn't it? There will be in this life difficult seasons, challenges, hard times, no matter how much we wish that wasn't the case. Barbara Brown Taylor says, to be human is to live by sunlight and moonlight, with anxiety and delight, admitting limits and transcending them, falling down and rising up. To want a life with only half of these things is to want half a life. Shutting the other half away when it will not interfere with one's bright fantasies of the way things ought to be. Jesus was honest about this, wasn't he? He often said that that his followers would have difficulties in this life. He said the sun shines on both the good and the evil, and rain falls on both the blessed and the wicked. It just happens. There are storms, there are valleys, there are deserts, and all of us must learn to navigate our way through them. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8 says, There's a season for everything, a time for every matter under the heavens, a time for giving birth, and a time for dying, a time for planting, a time for uprooting, a time for killing, and a time for healing, a time for tearing down, and a time for building up, a time for crying, and a time for laughing, a time for mourning, and a time for dancing, and it goes on and on. And we know this, don't we? We know this. All of us could share the dark valleys that we have had to endure. All of us have gone through difficult seasons of our life. Sickness, death, grief, heartache, losing a job. Some of us struggle with addiction. Some of us with depression, some of us with anger, some of us have been through divorce, some of us are alienated from family members. We've all been through tough seasons. In fact, we've all been through a tough season together in this time of pandemic. And some of us have had it worse than others. Sometimes people will come to me for for spiritual counsel and they'll say something like, I'm going through a hard time. Now I know there's people who have it worse than me as though I shouldn't be feeling what I'm feeling, or I I shouldn't be wasting your time. Yeah, we all know that, right? We know there are people in this world who are going through more than you and I have been through. People who are living in the midst of war, people who have been impacted directly by terrorism, displaced refugees just trying to find some safe home. Famine, hunger, disease, right? All of these things. Yes, of course, there are people in the world going through things far worse than many of us have been through or will go through. And yet, when we are in our own dark valley, it really doesn't matter what others are going through. When we're in our own dark valley, that's the pain that I have to endure. That's the burden that I have to carry. That's my time to be called to faithfulness. Dark valleys, frankly, are are fairly predictable. We know that we age and we will get sick and we will die and the people that are in our lives will get sick and they will die. And we live in Florida and there's hurricanes and it's, it's fairly predictable that difficult times will come. And yet, isn't it true that when they come, When we find ourselves in the dark valley, 
so often we're surprised. How did I get here? How did this happen? And for most of us, dark valleys are scary places. Or at least they feel that way. It feels like there's danger. Though valleys always have an exit, that's what makes them a valley. Oftentimes, like it feels like a place we're trapped. Valleys can be isolating. And especially when we are in the deepest, darkest part of the valley, we begin to realize just how small we are. Sometimes dark valleys reveal our weaknesses, our inadequacies. They expose our vulnerabilities. How often does the dark valley feel like a dead end when truly it's just a place to stay on your feet and keep walking no matter how dark it gets? I wonder what kind of dark valley the psalmist was in when he wrote these words in Psalm 88, a psalm of lament. He says, I am considered as one of those plummeting into the pit. I am like those who are beyond help, drifting among the dead, lying in the grave like dead bodies, those you don't remember anymore, those who are cut off from your power. You placed me down. He's talking to God. You placed me down in the deepest pit in places dark and deep. Your anger smothers me. You subdue me with it wave after wave. You've made my friends distant. You've made me disgusting to them. I can't escape. I'm trapped. And by the way, friends, that's the word of God. The Bible gives us these Psalms of Lament. It gives us this book of Lamentation to teach us how to pray when we're in the dark valley. How often do we think that our prayers are supposed to be theologically correct and neat and tidy and reverent, and yet the Bible gives us example over and over of Lamentation. Lamentation is not theologically correct. We know that God does not put upon people the the pain and suffering that's often described in prayers of lament. And yet when you're in the dark valley, sometimes what you need most is the opportunity to be raw with God, to be honest with God, to let God know that you're not okay and that you're not okay with not being okay. Sometimes lament is an opportunity to just admit to God, I'm scared, I'm hurting, I'm grieving, I'm in pain, and I need you to do something about it sooner than later. Lament is raising a trembling fist at God because who else are we going to raise it to? Saying, God, this isn't fair. This valley is too deep, it's too dark, it's too long. Get me out of here. Makoto Fujimura writes, we need to learn to lament and weep deeply for the reality all around us. And Philip Yancey adds, when I bear my own small portion of the world's suffering, I can tell God with impunity exactly how I feel. And so Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, surrounded by enemies, struggling to to live out his calling through a difficult time, says to God, I am one who's seen affliction. 
God has driven me into darkness without any light. Against me alone, he turns his hand again and again all day long. This isn't true. God wasn't doing that, but that's what he felt. This is what he needed to communicate to God. He's made me flesh and my skin waste away. He's broken my bones. He has besieged and enveloped me with bitterness and tribulation. He's made me sit in darkness like the dead of long ago. I wonder, as you hear these prayers of lament, does any of it sound familiar? Have you at any point in your life prayed a prayer of lament, a complaint against God? I wonder what dark valleys you've been through. I wonder what dark valleys some of you might be in right now. And maybe you need to hear the words of permission encouragement. God wants you to lean in. So often when we're hurting, we pull back. But lamentation's the invitation to lean into God, to stare God straight in the face and to speak with honesty. What's your dark valley? Are you aware that there is one who is journeying beside you through it? And so after this long complaint, this long lament, Jeremiah says also in Psalm 21, in verse 21, but this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. In spite of all the many verses that went before it, in spite of walking through a dark valley, instead of being confronted in the presence of enemies, the steadfast love of the Lord, he knows, will never end. His mercies never end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. You see, that's the completion of lamentation. Lamentation is the permission to be gut level, raw, honest with God and to trust. It's the freedom to say to God, I do not like this dark valley. I've been here too long. Get me out, and yet I will trust you. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Even though I'm suffering, I know his mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. You've probably figured out by now that the great hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness, is based on Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. If we can just be honest for a moment. The truth is, even the most devout followers of Jesus, the most faithful of disciples, sometimes forget God's faithfulness. The truth is that we're not always aware of God's faithfulness when when we're on green pastures and when we're wading in still waters. Sometimes it's only in the darkness of the valley that we recognize just how faithful God is. In the bright of day, when all is well, oftentimes we think we got it all together, don't we? 
Sometimes it's the dark valley that reveals to us just how much we need God and how faithful God is. It's in the dark valley that we discover our limits. It's in the dark valley that we come to the end of ourselves, the end of our resources, sometimes the end of our rope. Sometimes it's in the dark valley that we discover we hit rock bottom and it hurts. In the 12-step tradition of Alcoholics Anonymous and other anonymous groups, they say this is the moment, that rock bottom moment, that dark valley moment when we discover that we're helpless on our own, that we need a higher power to come to our aid and there is one who is available. Richard Rohr says, you have not, you will not know that there is a larger source until your own sources and resources fail you. Sometimes it's only in the dark valley that we discover the presence of a good shepherd leading us all the time if we only pay attention, if we only are open, if we only open our eyes to follow. A good shepherd who's equally present in the darkest valleys and the greenest of pastures. Lamentations 3.22, the prophet Jeremiah says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. I don't know what dark valley you might be in. I don't know what dark valley might be around the corner. But I want to tell you today what is said throughout Scripture, that no matter how dark the valley, no matter how long the valley, no matter how deep the valley, there's always hope. There's always light at the end of the tunnel that whatever you're going through, you will get through this. That your dark valley will open to a green pasture and the steadfast love of God for you will never end. The spiritual writer John O'Donohue writes this truth. We are always on our way from darkness into light. That's always true. Always the spiritual journey is a constant movement through life from darkness into greater light. And this is our calling, friends. We're called through. When we find ourselves in a dark valley, lament if you need to, but never lose sight of the light. Don't let go of the light. Don't lose hope. Stay on your feet. Keep walking. The shepherd will guide you through. I always conclude my sermons with a prayer, and today I want to share with you a prayer by one of my spiritual heroes, Thomas Merton. And so let us pray together. My Lord God, I have no idea where I'm going. I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end, nor do I really know myself. And the fact that I think I am following your will does not mean that I am actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you. And I hope I have that desire in all that I am doing. I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire. And I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, though I may know nothing about it. Therefore will I trust you always, 
Though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death, I will not fear, for you are ever with me, and you will never leave me to face my perils alone. Amen. We hope you enjoyed the podcast and that you will listen again in the future. If you enjoyed today's message, we hope you'll subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform and share it with others on social media. For more information about First Church Orlando, please visit our website at firstchurchorlando.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If this podcast is a valuable resource to you, we invite you to give to this ministry by making a financial contribution at firstchurchorlando.org forward slash give. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.